You're listening to Visions of Education, a podcast where we take a look at big ideas in education from different perspectives. Hi, I'm Michael Milton, a high school teacher from Massachusetts. And I'm Dan Kretka, an education professor in Texas. We're here to help bridge the gap between educators in the K-12 and those professors in higher ed. We hope this podcast will help bring those fuzzy ideas in education into focus. Welcome to the Visions of Education podcast. This is Dan Kretka. Hey, Michael. I have a question for you to get started off that's, I think, relevant for the podcast today. I like relevant questions. So what's guided and inspired your teaching during your career? What an interesting question. I think, do you know what? I've always been inspired by my uh, AP U.S. history teacher, Dr. Leo McHugh. He was really a bit silly. He had voices. Um, Ultimately, like he made me want to be better. And so I always kind of look and I'm always like, oh, can I be a little more like Leo? Although I would never call him Leo. One time I met him like about a year ago and I still called him Dr. McHugh. And he was like, Michael, we're both teachers. You can call me Leo. And I said, no, sir. That's, it's a, I can actually see that a lot, Michael, in a, a lot of the stuff you do. You definitely put on um, you know, characters, make history, teaching fun. It's interesting because I, I see people try to imitate teachers that are different than them too. You know? So I think there's got to be some kind of balance about what you can steal and what. Yeah, you do kind of have to like make it your own. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, there are some things with it that he did that I definitely can't do, but I've definitely developed my own like teaching persona, uh, which is me. Cool. Now, to you, same question. You know, I think when I went through, I didn't have a lot of a lot of great teachers when I was going through school. I had some good teachers, and I think they were the ones who cared. But I was really influenced by learning about like a lot of ideas and theories, and you know, John Dewey and Paulo Freire and Parker, Parker Palmer, all these people who theorists who said that you know you had to make learning personal and relevant and critical and meaningful. And I think that influenced me. But then you just pick up the little details. From other teachers, you know, things like bell ringers and exit slips and building class community. Like, I think I just stole little things here and there. I was like, oh, that's good. And I tried to figure out how to make it work. So, oh, colleagues and learning like on the uh, on the job training. Yeah. Yeah. So so today's guest, Dave Burgess, has has influenced a lot of educators and how they approach teaching. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Hey, great to join you guys. I'm happy to be here. We're so happy to have you, Dave. Hey, Dave, can you tell us a little bit about your background in education and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I kind of came to education a little bit late. I majored in psychology and uh, tried to do a whole bunch of other stuff. I was into some entrepreneurial ventures and uh, finally got a job as a basketball, took a job as a basketball coach at the high school, which I ended up working at. Love working with kids so much and coaching so much that I went back at night and got my teaching credential and got hired on as a teacher and taught for 17 years at West Hills High School in San Diego, California. And uh, while I was there, wrote Teach Like a Pirate and uh, then started to go around and speak, travel, and, and give the workshops on Teach Like a Pirate, which is where I've run into you guys. <laughs> and, then, and then now uh, what we do is we've taken everything that I learned through getting the message of Teach Like a Pirate out into the world, and we run an educational publishing company and consulting company called uh, Dave Burgess Consulting, Inc. And so we help other educators get their messages out into the world now, too. Cool. It's, it's always interesting, the things that lead us into education. Um, you know, it's funny because basketball, I, was, I always wanted to become a basketball coach, and my first teaching job they didn't need a basketball coach. They just needed a teacher. And so I just kept going to school. 
and got my master's and that eventually led me into higher ed. Um, how, can you tell us a little bit more about your, your teaching and, and what your teaching experience was like? Yeah, you know, so uh, first of all, coming at it from a coach, I, I've started to see the overlap in a lot in, in coaching and teaching and a lot of the stuff that I've been doing in entrepreneur as an entrepreneur and a lot of the stuff that also you know, I've, I've worked part time for large parts of my life as a magician. And when I was in high school and early college years, I was a DJ and a rapper and all these different things. And so I started to realize that, you know what? This is the kind of stuff like we, we spend too much time looking at just educational materials and we have to look at the, for me, teach like a pirate is a way of looking at the world and always saying, what is it around me that people find engaging that people are using and how can I, how can I use that in my classroom? And so a lot of my teaching style came from outside of education. In fact, if you look in teach like a pirate, there, there's not a single other educational book that's referenced in there. It's all stuff that I found, uh, like, Hey, you know what? The, how marketers create buzz for products, I can use some of those same ideas to create buzz for my lessons. And in Teach Like a Pirate Language, we call that preheating the grill, right? So like if, I, if I'm barbecuing for you, like I don't put my steak down on a cold grill, I preheat my grill. And the same <laughs> thing is true in school. I want to preheat my grill. I want there to be mystery, curiosity, buzz, and anticipation before the lesson even begins. And so it's all these ideas from outside of education that were drawn together and packaged together as Teach Like a pirate. That's fascinating because I don't know. What do you think, Michael? I feel like we're so insular in education. It is true that we look to each other for ideas and there's great ideas in education, but yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? Do we look enough or do you see ideas being pulled from other areas? I think that a lot of times like in, in like my ed courses, it really is looking at more theorists, but I know personally like what, what drives me, um, I've been doing improv for a while. And so then I've kind of like brought some of that into the classroom because there's a lot of games that like fit perfectly. And so I think you're great about finding like whatever your passion is and then having that drive your teaching. Yeah, and it's, it's about looking around too and saying, what is it that kids find interesting? And so rather than spending so much time trying to get kids engaged with what we want to talk about, we could spend more time taking what we want to talk about and finding ways to tie it into what they're already engaged in. Mm -hmm. And so they already have this broad array of things which they're into. And so how can we tap into that and draw that into the classrooms? Which I will say, John Dewey did say that. But we've <laughs> John D. We he said a lot of things that we're still not doing. He said them a hundred years ago, right? Um, so I think that's the question: is how we get the message kind of about making educational change, about making um, educational meaningful. So I think you've already started to touch on it a little bit, Dave. But let's let's get into your big idea, which is teach like a pirate. Yeah, so a lot of people are kind of confused like that. It, it has nothing to do with wanting teachers to to attack uh, and rob ships at sea, right? <laughs> it's oh, got man. It's got nothing to do with Somalia or anything going on off the coast over there right now, right? It's kind of there's kind of three layers to my big idea of teach like a pirate. First of all, it's about embracing the spirit of a pirate. See, to me, the spirit of a pirate is someone who is unconventional, someone who's willing to reject the status quo, someone who's willing to sail into uncharted waters with no guarantee of success, a risk taker, a rebel, a maverick in the classroom, right? So a pirate is an outsider. They're outside of the system, and that's the way that I saw myself. As I was, I'm kind of like that crazy guy who they accidentally gave keys to one day and they haven't been able to get rid of me ever since. <laughs> and uh, in fact, like if, if you watch the movie, I don't know if you remember the old movie Teachers with Nick Nolte. 
Um, the, the best dang teacher in the whole school was the guy who had escaped from a mental institution. Okay. Cause he was the guy that was creating experiences in classes and kids loved his class. And so I kind of have that kind of crazy edge to my style as well. And then, uh, the, the word pirate, it's an acronym. Each one of those letters stands for something in the pirate system. No. So, and it's amazing. It's, how about that? And then, um, and then the third layer is that pirates are known for having hooks. And so this is all about how you can hook kids in to your class, into your content, into your curriculum. And so that's kind of, that's my big idea that we need to teach like a pirate. Can, can you walk a little bit through some of the the steps so like people would understand? Um, you talked a little bit about the first part, but can you talk a little bit more in detail about what the other parts consist of? Yeah, like the acronym? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Let's so, acronym it up. Yeah. So, for example, the the cornerstones of the word, the foundation of the Teach Like a System, the P and the E, the beginning and the end, it stands for passion and enthusiasm. And so, uh, but the problem is, is people talk about passion all the time, and they say like, "Hey, you have to be, you have to bring passion into your work." And they say, you know, if you can't find passion for what you do, like for your work, then by God, find new work. And they get you all excited <laughs> and pumped up, but they never address what is, I think, the unspoken, like the the secret. In education. And, and here's what the secret is. The secret is, even though we know we're supposed to be passionate about our work, we're not passionate about everything that we teach. I know, I know. It's crazy. You weren't supposed to tell everyone. Yeah, I, I know. It's a secret, <laughs> right? And so, uh, but here's the thing. Pa that's only one category of passion. And so I kind of broke passion into three categories. There's your content passion, right? But then there's also your professional passions. What is it about being an educator? Uh, completely outside of your subject matter. What is it about being an educator that you're passionate about? That's about embracing that mightier purpose of being an educator and adding those life-changing lessons into what we do in teaching, right? And so even if you're not excited about your content on that day, you can still be excited about your role as an educator as a life-changing agent. And then the third category is your personal passion, your personal passions. What, what are your personal passions and how can you draw some of those into to your classroom. And so, see, that's the kind of where I'm going, where, where I was talking about at the very beginning, is that, uh, like, I'm trying to bring more of myself to work every day. Mm -hmm. we're, we're at work too high of a percentage of our lives to unplug ourselves when we walk through the doors of the building, right? And so I'm trying to bring in my passion for whether it's magic, whether it's for uh, my family, whether it's for sports and coaching. I'm trying to bring that passion into my classroom as well. Not only does that make me more fulfilled as an educator, makes me more effective as an educator, but also more personalized for my kids because they come to see me as a human being, right? They start. I'm sharing some of myself as a part of what I do in the classroom that's that's an interesting point i feel like sometimes that you know i have like my teacher self and then i have myself uh in there i don't always think that they're the same people if that makes sense you know right well and so I, so i i would argue that the that there should be an effort to kind of to to meld those together to to bring it together and to bring more of yourself into your classroom um and to bring and, and then and to help kids bring some of their outside life into into the classroom as well it's a really good point. So, what what are the other? Can you tell us a little bit about more about the other letters? Oh yeah. So, I mean, the I stands for immersion, and actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep this one a little bit of a secret. The the I letter is contains the number one top secret way to becoming a better lover. So, if you want to become a better lover, 
Um, and that, then the I letter is something that you need to investigate because the secret is right there in front of you, and it's absolutely amazing, and uh, it, it could it could change your life, and I mean that in many many ways. So I'm, I'm going to kind of leave that off to the side. <laughs> the, the R the R stands for rapport, and it's about building re- relationships with kids, and you know that's where I kind of write in the center of the word of pirate, and I think it's kind of the heart of the system, and that uh, is that building rapport and relationships with kids. Well, so I mean, um, for people that don't know, uh, Dave is is all over the place now. You, if you participate in online conversations on Twitter and in other social media spaces, you'll see not only people mentioning his book and him on there tweeting, but you'll see that a variety of teach like a pirate, and you'll see TLAP T L A P um, chats have developed around different content areas and subject areas. Um, so I guess I, my first question is, why do you think so many teachers um, have kind of gravitated or I guess hooked onto your ideas would be a better word, right? Um, that was good. Thank you. Uh, I see what you did there. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> Why do you think that's happened so much? Why is there so much enthusiasm for your ideas? Uh, well, so I think there's several things. So first of all, I think that uh, it, it, there's a lot of that we, a lot of the educational books that we read are written from a very formal and academic standpoint, mm-hmm. kind of, and almost like a third person where you could change the, you could change the author names around, like on the covers of the book, and, and it, it wouldn't make any difference because it's written in such an academic uh, tone. Mm-hmm. And so, Teach Like a Pirate was written very conversationally, and it's because I was, I spoke about these ideas for years and years and years before the book, and so when I sat down to write it. I kind of cheated. I just basically typed out what I say. And so I think that's one of the reasons it's, it's resonated is because it's more personal. And that's one of the things that we really work with authors about is that you want to bring yourself and you're like, we want to bring ourselves into our classroom. Mm-hmm. You want to bring yourself into your writing. We're not interested in reading something that's footnoted 500 times. You know, I, I want to read something that immediately is a combination of inspirational and practical. And so part of the teach like a pirate success story, I think is not only that conversational tone, but it's also the idea that it's about 50% inspiration and 50% practical. So you're going to walk away not only fired up to teach, can't wait to get back in your classroom, but you're going to walk away saying like, hey, you know what? That's cool. I participated in the Twitter chat, and I'm going to use that tomorrow. Like I'm changing how I start my lesson tomorrow, and I'm going to use that. So it has that real practical aspect of it as well. And then also, uh, it's about creating a space for people to, to, to get together and collaborate and talk about this stuff. It's kind of, I love what uh, Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead said one time. And he said that uh, what the Grateful Dead, you know, they had these deadheads that followed them around everywhere and created this whole cultural phenomenon, right, with the, around, around their music. And he, what he said was, what we've done is we've just given people a place to ritualize. And so we're just, we're not the stars of the show. We just happen to have the best seats because we're up on stage, right? We get to have the best view because we're up on stage. But it's really, we created a place where like-minded people could get together and ritualize. And that's what I think has happened in the TLAP hashtag and in all the offshoot hashtags is that as a community, we've created a place where like-minded teachers can come together and ritualize and share and collaborate and connect with each other. You know, something that you said that really resonates with me is is, um, you know, I'm in higher ed and I have to write for journals and academic journals and things like that. And I've had a lot of discussions with, with people in higher ed um, recently about our writing and, and who it affects and who it influences. And one of the problems there is obviously closed access journals, which I think are a huge problem for our field. Who are we writing for? Um, 
But you know, one of the goals of this podcast is Michael, who's who's teaching high school, and for me, who um, I taught high school, but I'm now in higher ed, to bridge some of the gaps, the conversations. And so I think that's just a really interesting question around tone and writing and what's effective, what's going to resonate and help people to make a difference in their day-to-day teaching. Um, and because it's easy to get caught up in our own perspective, just like we do when we're teacher centered, you know, in our classrooms, we get, we can get caught up in, in the way that we learn and kind of forget sometimes about the way our students learn, what their interests are and forget to engage that. I don't know. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So like, are, are we trying to write to sound smart? Are we mm-hmm. trying to write to, cre- to have an impact right, and right. To, to create change? And if we're trying to have an impact and create change, then you want to write in a way that like, like people talk. And so, for example, and, and again, this is something that we work uh, relentlessly with with our authors. And that is like, if I, if I had a conversation with you at dinner and we talk about education, I can sense how passionate you are about the subject because part of that is because I can see your facial expression. I can hear the intonation, the inflection in your voice, right? I can see the gestures that you make. I can see you take your fist and pound the table to emphasize a point, right? But then that same person who's that fired up and passionate about their topic will sit down on a computer and they'll <laughs> let, and, they'll, and then all of a sudden now they have to be formal and academic and it sucks all that energy and emotion <laughs> out of it, right? And the, the, the problem is, is that the written page, the two-dimensional written page already sucks out all that stuff. It already sucks out the volume, the intonation, the inflection, the gesture. It sucks all that out already. So you have to go almost over the top as a writer to bring that same sort of emotion into your writing and have that same sort of that impact, that powerful impact with your writing. And so I, I think there is a big problem with how people, with how people write in uh, the academic space. Dave, I think it's absolutely fantastic that, you know, right now we can totally hear your passion. For those who can't actually see you right now, you are gesturing like a madman. Uh, but you are abs- <laughs> your passion is definitely showing through. Uh, so it's really, it's a great conversation to have with you. Um, so we understand teaching a pirate a little bit better. What specific recommendations would you make for educators looking to um, integrate these ideas into their classroom, into their space? Yeah, so one of the one of the things I always say to teachers is don't just teach a lesson, create an experience. And lessons are easily forgotten, right? But experiences live forever. Like they they may forget some of that prohibition lecture, but they'll never forget going to the speakeasy, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's about how you can take the lessons, the content that you teach, and that that's just part. That's so sure we we know our content. That's like the starting point, though. Right. Some teachers, when they learn their content, they think, all right, I'm all set now. No, that's the starting point. Now it's how do I make it come alive? How do I make this memorable? How do I create an experience around this? And so it's always going to that next step and saying, how can I make this an experience? How can I make this memorable? How can I make this learning stick? That's step one. How do I make an experience? Yeah, that's a great way to think of it. And and I've also I remember seeing you either tweet or say, gosh, I've seen you so much of your stuff over the over the last few years. But um, I love the when you pose to teachers the challenge of would students, you know, come to your lesson if they weren't forced to? Would they pay to see your lesson? Um, and I think that's such a great question for us to ask because schooling is compulsory and kids, you know, are shuttled around like cattle all day from room to room. And sometimes they forget why they're there. Look at, look at this business model that we have. Our clients have to come to our business. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Like, I mean, you don't have to do any of it. They actually, by law, 
they have to come to the business. Okay. And so what that does is that creates a system where it doesn't necessarily, you, you don't have to be good to get an audience. Like for instance, as a magician, um, I'm fascinated and I've done some work and different things with like street performing as a street performer. You're not paid to be there. You don't have any audience. You have to build an audience. You have mm -hmm. to create an audience by being engaging and by drawing people in. And then not only do you have to create an audience and draw them in by being engaging, at the end of it, even though they can just walk away for free, you have to get them to walk to pull out their wallet and take some money out and put it in your hat. Like what? An, <laughs> like compare that to what we have as teachers, you know. And so that that's but we we need to, to get rid of that mentality that well they're going to come there anyway right and that's why the essential question in the whole book is exactly what you said and that is if if uh if they didn't have to be there mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. you be teaching mm -hmm. to an empty room mm -hmm. right that's mm -hmm. the essential question of the whole book if they didn't have to be there if it, if like what if your class was just optional would you be teaching to an empty room or is there something about you and the way you make kids feel, right? And the kind of experiences you create for them and the kind of things that you're offering them that maybe they wouldn't get anywhere else in their life, that they will be drawn to you in your room anyway. And then those are the teachers that we want to be. I used to joke with my students. Um, I'd put a little cup on the end of my desk and I used to joke with them. I'd say, you know, this lesson didn't write itself. Feel free to, uh, <laughs> to, sh to show how much you liked it, right? And obviously I was kidding, so... Well, so what are some of the specific things that you put out? I mean, I don't think we've mentioned specifically that Teach Like a Pirate is a book that you can buy, right? What is that? Is there other things they could buy? Is that still the primary resource you recommend? You can just hang out with them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you track me down at a conference and uh, have a conversation. I sound like a scary guy, but I'm not scary at all. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we, yeah, I mean, we have more and more stuff coming up all, all the time. We have 15 books that we publish at Dave Burgess Consulting right now. Um, there's four books in the Teach Like a Pirate line. There's Teach Like a Pirate, which kind of started it all. There's Learn Like a Pirate, which is about student-led classrooms and having students own their learning. There's Explore Like a Pirate, about how to add gamification and oh, game-inspired sure. course design into your classroom. It's written by Michael Matera, who's a gamification guru. And then uh, we, I just put out... Uh, uh, play or with my wife, we run the company Play Like a Pirate by Quinn Rollins about how to incorporate toys and games, graphic novels, comics in your classroom. He does amazing stuff with action figures and Legos and all this kind of stuff. So basically what we do now is we're, I mean, we're trying to find people who have powerful messages and that we think can have a huge impact on education and help them get their message out and help them spread their message. So, I mean, there's, like I said, there's 15 different books. Um, can't go through all of them, obviously, but uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's great stuff that hopefully is making a change in education. We're actually having Quinn on in a, very soon, actually. Yeah, upcoming episode, yep. yep. Hey, you're going you're gonna to love him. This guy is, uh, this, is, this is a quirky guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> I like him. I just wrote a blog post on his book, and I said, hey, let me tell you, this guy's an odd duck, and that's coming from a guy who dresses like a pirate for a living. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we love Quinn, and, you know, he's part of our SS chat community. We can say, you know, we've known him for a little while, and for, you know, people that don't know, that's how Michael and I know each other through SS chat on Twitter, and, and really that's yeah. how I, we know about people like you, Dave, and, and Quinn, and we've just met so many creative people Um in online spaces and, and met at conferences and stuff. And so, um, you know, it's, it's great hearing about your ideas, um, from you and your enthusiasm kind of reigns through everything. Oh, thank you. So thank you so much, Dave, for chatting with us today. So oh, I had a blast. Yeah. So where, where else can we find your work online? Can they, you know, follow you? Um, where, where should people go to, to learn more about what you're doing? 
Yeah, for sure. So you can join my uh, blog, uh, my email list at daveburgess.com. There's a little sign-up box there at daveburgess.com. You can see all of our books and speakers at daveburgessconsulting.com. So that's kind of like the mothership site right there. And then you can always find me on Twitter. I am at Burgess Dave. So my name just flipped around to Burgess Dave. And as you mentioned earlier, T-L-A-P for Teach Like a Pirate, T-LAP is uh, the hashtag. Um, we have a chat every Monday night, but all week long, you can go to the TLAP hashtag and find cool stuff. And uh, you know we have hashtags also of all, for all the other books as well. And so, But Twitter is one of the great places that you can connect and collaborate with me. And we will add links to all the stuff mentioned in today's podcast on our show notes on our website, visionsofed.com. Um, so thanks so much for joining us today, Dave. We, we hope to continue the discussion online and on Twitter and in those other spaces. Hey, my absolute pleasure to join you. Thanks. And listeners, if you haven't already, subscribe to Visions of Education on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you write us a five-star review, we'll read it on the air. And um, you can find me on Twitter to continue the conversation at Dan Kretka. And I'm at 42 Think Deep. And until next time, this is the Visions of Education podcast signing off. <laughs>